Some listeners may find the following content highly disturbing and controversial. Listener discretion is advised. So grab your drink, grab your dog, and let the fuckery begin. This is Liquor and Luminol. back to liquor and luminol i'm Haley. i'm kristen and i'm emily and this is our third episode and we are officially on spotify and apple podcasts and a whole bunch of other ones <laughs> so yeah, a whole bunch of other ones that we didn't know were out there but we're on them we're on them find us we're there <laughs> like subscribe comment all that good stuff <laughs> question comments concerns let us know no concerns only positive feedback yeah, only positive <laughs> feedback we're sensitive we are very sensitive, we're sensitive. <laughs> my therapist doesn't want to hear about it anymore <laughs> but we're talking about a pretty big case today one that we're pretty excited about it's going to be the death of kaylee anthony and the case of casey anthony yeah my favorite one <laughs> this yes. is more well yeah we've all been kind of like picking you know, I'm using air quotes when I say this, our favorite, like... Most memorable. Yeah, most memorable, like, cases or murders, something like that. And uh, this one is Kristen's, so we're going to break it up, I think, today, where Haley's going to take over um, all the evidence and the actual death of Kaylee, and then Kristen is going to take over and do the um, trial and aftermath of Casey Anthony. Yes. And, uh, not Kristen... Why do I keep calling you Kristen? You're Emily. I'm Kristen. <laughs> Emily is just gonna kind of like be there, her little yeah. On the like wall. I know about this case. But everybody knows about this case. It, everybody knows about this case, but I only ever like listen to podcasts about it. I don't remember ever. I mean, I remember hearing about it, but I wasn't like actively watching what was happening with it so this was my oj trial i yeah. watched the whole thing i just yeah. <laughs> i just remember like her little face was just everywhere mm-hmm. that one little picture with her little hand up by her cheek yeah like, ugh. so i'll probably be doing a lot more commentary than i will be doing um information information that's not even a word uh, informing the, the, the beyonce song just popped in my head all right so we'll get into it i'll start off with a timeline like emily said i'll be talking about the evidence and the timeline of how everything happened with kaylee's disappearance leading up to um when they confirmed that it was her body that was found in the woods and then kristen will take it over with the trial okay so March 17th, 2008, chloroform is searched on the family computer at the Anthony home. And then on March 21st, a search for how to make chloroform is also made on the Anthony home. June 12th, 2008, at 1030, a search for Zendaya Fernandez Gonzalez, 25 Jacksonville, is made on the family computer. On June 16th, 2008, the last time Kaylee is seen by George and Cindy. So around 7 a.m., Cindy left for work while everyone else in the house was still sleeping. At 7.52, someone logs into Casey's MySpace and searches for shot girl costumes on the family computer. Sorry, can I jump in here? Absolutely, uh, jump in whenever. In case anybody doesn't know, Cindy is Kaylee's, excuse yes. me, Casey's <laughs> mom. George is her father. Yes. Grandparents. Yes. And 
they lived with George and Cindy, but during this time, I think they were transitioning out of living with them and living with other people. I did read that, like, she was trying to move in with her boyfriend at that point and, like, had officially at some point, but I I had only saw, saw it in one place, so I was like, I don't know. That was me. I, like, I heard conflicting evidence, yeah. so I just, like, kept it out. But from what I get, I think she was, like, transitioning out of living with them. Yes. But so in this house, it was George and Casey um, and Kaylee and Cindy that yes. all lived in this house. Yes. Um, thank you. Please jump in whenever. Because <laughs> it's such a high-profile case. I assume everybody knows, but maybe I mean, I would doesn't. assume most people know. But just in case. Just in case. somebody who that doesn't. So at 12.50, George says uh, Casey and Kaylee left the family home with their backpacks. And at 2.30, George left for work. At 2.49, Casey's cell phone pings on a tower near the family home, and someone logs into Casey's password-protected profile on the family computer. At 2.51, a Google search for foolproof suffocation is made, and several pro-suicide websites were visited. At a minute later, there is some activity on MySpace. And at 4.11, Casey's cell phone is pinged on a tower near her boyfriend, Tony Lazaro's home. Then at 7.54, we get uh, get some security footage from Blockbuster of Tony and Casey walking in. Casey's not, or I'm sorry, Kaylee. I'm going to do that a lot. I have a feeling Casey, Kaylee, Cindy. Yeah, they're so close. (laughs) They're so close. (laughs) So it's going to be Tony and Casey walk into Blockbuster, and Kaylee is not with them. And uh, the two rent two movies. So on June 18th, so this is two days after the last time that Kaylee was seen, um, Casey goes to the neighbors and asks to borrow a shovel. The neighbors uh, report that when she returns the shovel, they note that Casey was not dirty or sweaty. Then the 20th, June 20th, so two days later, Casey's seen partying at Fusion Nightclub and participating in the hot body contest. And this is like the picture seen around the world alongside of, you know, Kaylee's hand on the face picture. But this is the blue dress Mm-hmm. With her, with another female, getting all up in yes, it. Yes, with every... Yeah. And the reason why she was at Fusion, Fusion Nightclub is because her boyfriend, Tony Lazaro. Yes. He is a DJ, music promoter. So yeah, like he, a, a club promoter. Club promoter. So he DJs on, like, I think it's Friday nights or whatever they said. So that's why she was there mm-hmm. at this hot body contest because that was his night, his event. So that's why they were there promoting it. Yes. On June 23rd, Casey runs out of gas. Her and her boyfriend, Tony, break into the shed of Anthony home and steal two gas cans. They drive back to her car, fill up the car, and uh, put the gas cans in the back of her trunk. Then the next day, this is when George notices that the shed's broken into and the gas cans are stolen. So he files a police report, and this is when things start getting a little hairy. So Casey comes home to get some clothes, and George, in his testimony, says that he mentioned getting a tire stabilization tool out of her trunk to Casey. But Casey kind of freaks out, runs ahead of him, and refuses to move so he can open the trunk. And they get an argument, so eventually she opens the door, throws the gas cans at him, and is like, here's your fucking gas cans. And then she leaves shortly after. And George says in his testimony that he was too far to the side and he couldn't see inside the trunk. So on June 27th, Casey runs out of gas again, and her boyfriend and her just leave the car. She tells Tony, like, my dad will deal with it. It's, it's whatever. It's no Does big deal. Does she not know what a gas station is? I, I mean, She had no money. She had no job. Well, she clearly had money from somewhere because she was stealing to the thief. Thief in the night. <laughs> uh, June 30th, 
uh, Casey's car. And I need to note that this isn't Casey's car. It's the family car that Casey drove. I think the car was in Cindy's in name. Cindy's name, yeah. So it was in a parking lot, and it was towed because it's been there a few days. And inside was her purse and her car seat. On July 2nd, Casey gets a tattoo that says Bella Vita, which means beautiful life in Italian. And then this is when shit starts popping off. I think As an I s- Italian, I'm just very disappointed. I- <laughs> How I pronounced it? I'm ashamed. No, no, no. Oh. <laughs> I'm ashamed that it's on her body. Like. Oh, I was like, I was like, man, Kristen's going to cream me if I say this wrong. <laughs> It's okay if you say it wrong. In the I'll mere practicing. That, but. Yeah, I was like, I'm not. I'm white as a ghost. I I know, and I'm like, I don't need. Mm. No, I just yeah. Foreign accent. I just don't want that on her body. Don't 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 do that to us. It's just it's eerie. <laughs> it's eerie knowing what we know exactly now. So July fifteenth, this is when shit starts popping off. I think I already said that, but so George gets the notification that. The car's in the impound lot, so he goes and takes it, and he brings a gas can with him because he assumed it ran out of gas, which is a great, wonderful assumption because it did. Because it's an Cle- obvious theme with her. Well, <laughs> yes. yeah, clearly she's not the most responsible human being. Exactly. So when he gets to the tow yard, George and the gentleman that's working a lot observe a strong odor coming from the car. And I need to note that George used to work in law enforcement. Yes, 11 years. Yes. In hom- homicide. In the homicide unit. And he said the smell reminded him of human decomposition. And I also need to note that the man working the lot said the smell reminded him of a car that was brought in one time of a man who committed suicide in his vehicle, and he wasn't discovered for several days. So George later stated that he asked the gentleman to open the trunk with him because he expected Casey and or Kaylee to be dead in the trunk. Which he says Casey, and I think he during this time he's been in contact with Casey. I still need to say that. Right. He's so it's in, kind of weird that he was like, I might find my daughter in the back of my trunk. You just called her. Yeah, so. you've been on the phone with her. So, but they have been in contact with Casey. She's seen Casey. But they, like I said, they have not seen Kaylee since June 16th. Yeah. Uh, and they keep saying, where's Kaylee? Where's Kaylee? And it's always, oh, she's with the babysitter. Oh, she's with the nanny. Oh, she's here. She's there. Uh, so they open the trunk. They you know don't find a body but they do find bags and bags of trash and cindy's pissed and so she tracks down casey at her boyfriend tony's house and drags her home and this is when cindy calls the police three times this day and i have the 911 calls as i slowly get my phone out uh the first 911 call was made at nine I drove to the police department here on Persia, but you guys are closed. I need to bring someone into the police department. Can you tell me where I can, the closest one I can come into? What What are you trying to accomplish by bringing them to the station? I have a 22-year-old person that has um, Grand Theft sitting in my auto with me. So the 22-year-old person stole something? Yes. Is this a relative? Yes. Where did they steal it from? Um... My car and also money. Okay, is this your son? Daughter. Okay, so your daughter stole money from your car? No, my car was stolen. We retrieved it today. We found out where it was at. We retrieved it. I've got that, and I've got affidavit for my banking account. I want to bring her in. Okay. I want to press charges. Where, where did all of this happen? Oh, it's... it's no, no, but I need to establish a jurisdiction is what I'm trying uh, well, to Oh, I live in, um, in Orlando. Yeah, but what address did these thefts occur at? Um, well, I guess my residence, I guess. Well, Four that, okay. Four That's actually going to be in the jurisdiction of the sheriff's office, ma'am, not okay. the Orlando Police Department. All right. Let, let me transfer you over to the communications section. 
Okay. Now, is the Orlando Sheriff's Department the one on 436 that, is that open this afternoon, this evening? Um, the substation you're at on Pershing, if it's Orlando Police, we're, we're open primarily during the day. Uh-huh. But that's not the Sheriff. That's the City Police, which does not right. have jurisdiction and then there's the sheriff's department on fifth, I mean on 436. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to transfer you to the sheriff's communications section, and you can um, determine that. Hold on. Okay. So my next thing will be down to trial thing, and we'll have a court order to get us. That's what you want to say. We'll do it. You'll never. Well, then you have one minute. No, I'm not giving you another day. I've given you a month. First 911 call, again, that was made at 8.09. Um, so I think some of that is fairly interesting. Um, in my auto, like the way she's talking, it just. Yeah, and she's clearly not listening to what's being asked of her either. They, uh, like the dude kept saying, where did this happen? Well, I guess at my residence. Okay, well, fucking. Yeah. We need to find out the information. Like, yeah. why are you being so stupid I in your like answers? Not, yeah. Outside of she's just, I think, stupid, but we'll go into that. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with, like, that he was in law enforcement for, what'd you say, 11, 11 years? years? George yeah. yeah. So. I feel like it's that kind of like, I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm doing. Like, I know how to talk the talk and walk the walk. Like, you know what I mean? Like, my husband was a part of this. I know all about it. Like, in my auto. I don't know. I just get that feeling that, like, who else talks that way outside of, like, a law enforcement officer? Or I like, guess I didn't put that together. I just figured it's because she's she's so pissed or she's so concerned about what's going mm-hmm. on that she's not listening. Like, she's just being like she's just, just like so I would you really would you really be on the phone saying are they open right now like or would you not just be letting him transfer you Does No she was they were she was trying to take her into the police station because oh, she was she, trying to physically I missed Yeah that. like I she was that. physically trying to take her because they finally found her and she was like if I let you go or someone doesn't come here mm-hmm. and get you you're going to just take off again so she yeah. was trying to physically because take her to a I didn't an mention this because this is mostly about uh, Kaylee, but Casey had been stealing money from Cindy and George, uh, Cindy's her mom, Amy, right, her yeah. friend Amy. Like, I she stole forty thousand dollars from mm-hmm. um, George and Cindy. Yes, and they had no fuck. How do you not know that your daughter or someone is stealing forty thousand dollars from you? That that could buy a car. <laughs> that could buy <laughs> a nice a car. A nice car. <laughs> That's a lot of fusion nightclub entries. That is, <laughs> but like. And, and I think she even stole, like, money from her grandma and grandpa's nursing home fund. Yeah, Like, the bank account that was strictly for yeah, nursing he, home um, care. I think it was her grandpa because I feel like some part of me remembers, like, he had dementia. So it was, like, a care facility, mm-hmm. and she's taking funds out of someone else's well-being, yeah. basically, because yeah. she's a piece of shit. So Cindy finally got a hold of her was like, all right, this is it. We're done. That's why she mentioned the bank statements. I have affidavit of the bank statements yes. to prove that she stole it. Um, but I find really interesting about that call is when she tells Casey, who we assume is Casey. We can't prove it. I have a good feeling it's Casey at the end of that call when he's transferring her. She said that the next thing will be the trial thing, and we'll go to get a court order to get her, meaning Kaylee. Yeah. Yeah, then she says, uh, I'm not giving you another day. I've given you a month. Yes. Right, because she can't produce her child. Exactly, because it has been – it has been a month. Uh, and one day it'll be 30 days since they've exactly seen uh, – 
and before we played the um, the police call too, when they went to go pick up the car, the smell in the back allegedly was because there was a huge bag of trash, mm-hmm. but there was it because you'll hear it in any information that you read or listen to about this case that there was trash bag with pizza pizza and that the pizza was so rotten and the bacteria had caused maggots to form and that's why it smelled similar to rotting flesh i've never smelt trash in that kind of i've also never smelled rotting flesh either no i've never smelled either of these smells but i can just imagine that they're probably two very different smells but it's important to note that that it's pizza because it comes up later on in the trial of what the smell was. I don't think there's any possible way to confuse rotting food with a dead body. I'm with you. I don't know what a dead body smells like, but I just, from the way it's talked about with law enforcement and people in various, yeah, yeah. there's just, I'm sorry, no. Okay, so the second call was made at 844. Both of these calls bother me the most because Cindy is more concerned about the fact that Casey allegedly stole her car, which is also kind of a lie in itself because they 
yes, the car is in Cindy's name, but they allow her to use it. It's more mm-hmm. um, Casey's car than anybody's. So she's concerned about a vehicle and the money that you stole. But then all of a sudden it's like, oh, and I don't know where my fucking granddaughter is. And she's been missing for a month. It's like, why is that? I, I just, as a grandparent, like, wouldn't you be more concerned? Like, you can replace car, you can replace money, yeah. but you can't replace a fucking human. Yeah. So wouldn't you be more concerned about where the fuck your kid is or yeah. your granddaughter's at? I would have been losing my shit. Right. Yeah. And she's just so like, yep, she uh, she stole my auto. I don't know what kind of language we're talking here, but I'm going to call a car a car. I'm telling you, that's where I think she's just, she's fucking weird. She, I don't know. Yeah, she, the whole family's fucking weird. Um, and then this is the third 911 call. I think this is probably the most infamous one. And it was, the call was made at 941, so almost an hour after the And these were all made call. on the same day, right? Correct. Okay. And just the calls are getting more escalated. Cindy's freaking out more because they still have not brought an Show officer that. out. So You said it was an hour? It was 941, so it was about an hour after the second call. And an, about an hour and a half after the first one. Gotcha. Okay, what is your address that you're calling from? We're talking about a three-year-old little girl. My daughter finally admitted that the baby's in the store. I need to find her. Your daughter admitted that your ba- the baby is where? The babysitter took her a month ago that my daughter's been looking for. I told you my daughter was missing for a month. I just found her today, but I can't find my granddaughter. And she just admitted to me that she's been trying to find her herself. Um, yes, my mom did. 
the third and last 911 call that Cindy made. You know, I just... <laughs> I, I don't mean to laugh. I just have a lot of... Like, as we're playing these, I'm just sitting here, like, fucking rolling my eyes and just shaking my head because I'm just, like... It's so ridiculous mm-hmm. because it's, like... You know, so they're not concerned about the kid. Then all of a sudden, Cindy is off her fucking rocker, freaking out about it. And then Casey's just like, yeah, um, I've been trying to find my fucking kid without the police... The, the, the change stupid. i shouldn't have done that the change yeah. between cindy like frantic like oh my god like where's my granddaughter to kaylee or ugh, to casey being like hello yeah my daughter's been missing for 31 days it's just like night and day and it's so eerie right they're just like so nonchalant like yeah my kid's been missing like, I, why the fuck have you not called anybody I've been up using until other resources point? Yeah, and it's like she didn't even make the call. Sherlock Her Jones. Mom. Sherlock Jones. <laughs> Sherlock Jones. <laughs> Sherlock Holmes Anthony over here. But it's like your your mom had to make the call for you yeah. to even note that your fucking kid is missing. And it also is the fact of like if her car didn't get towed, if all this didn't happen, Cindy would have never made the 911 call that day. Mm-mm. And God right. knows how long it would have been before we knew mm-hmm. that she, Kaylee she was, was missing. missing. And yeah. Also, um, sorry, maybe you were just about to say this, but note how they say that June 16th is the last day that they see her. In the last police call, Cindy says, I haven't seen my granddaughter since June 6th. Yeah. So there's always been this, well, was it June 6th or was it June 16th? Yeah. But then I've heard theories that it had to have been June 16th because that's Father's Day. June 15th was Father's oh, yeah, Day. Yeah, June 15th is Father's that's Day. That's what George says. And so, it was right after Father's Day. Because it was Day. right after Father's Day. Yeah, and they have, I didn't put this in my timeline, but there's a video of Kaylee visiting the grandfather we talked about earlier, uh, Casey's grandfather, who was in the nursing home, of him holding Kaylee, and they're, like, singing. I think he's singing, like, My Little Sunshine Tour or something. Yeah, something like On that. Father's Day. So they had seen her. yeah. So then why is all of a sudden Cindy making up random days? Exactly. Because she's just as big of a liar as Casey is. Oh, 100%. And, I mean, yes, or was she freaking out so much? Yeah, right. She like, could have been flustered, probably, but I don't yeah. 
at the, after knowing everything that we know, yeah. I don't give that woman the benefit of the doubt one yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. I also find it funny that Casey says, oh, I just, I heard, I talked to my daughter. Like, yeah, she called from a like number that's minutes. now disconnected. And for I talked a moment, to her. For a minute. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So the next day, July 16th, Casey takes investigators on a wild goose chase. So they find out that Casey lied. She said that she worked as an event planner at Universal Studios um, and also lied about the nanny that lived in these apartments. And it's so funny because how so investigators had an inkling that Casey was lying. Right. So Casey's like something about a phone and like it was this whole thing. I'm not going to get into it because it was a big old long jumble of lies. But pretty much they were like, OK, she's like, well, it's at my job at Universal. So the police are like, OK, well, let's go to your job at Universal. And so they go up to, to the security and Casey's like, hi, yeah, I don't have my badge, but I work here. And the guy's like, no, you don't. And she's like, yeah, I do. And they're like, okay, what's your name? And she's like, Casey Anthony. No, we don't have anybody by that name. She's like, I've worked here for like four years. And they're like, who's your supervisor? And she's like, oh, da, da, da. And they're like, uh, no, nobody here works by this of that name. Right. And she's got two investigators like standing there. So eventually, yeah, just behind her, like, yes, mm, sounds right. Yep. So eventually, you know, they let her in, and Casey's walking through the halls at Universal, like waving at everybody, and everybody's like, "Who the fuck is this woman?" And she's like, "Hey, how are you? Hey, George. Hey, hey, Stacy." And everybody's like, "Who the fuck?" Yeah, so she, she's like taking them to her office, right? She's an event planner at Universal Studios. So she turns down this corridor and it is a dead end. And investigators say she turns around and she's like, okay, I really don't work here. Like, like just like that. Guess what, guys? You, Ashton Kutcher's coming out once saw that you've been bonked. <laughs> you've been like, she laughs about it. She's like, I'm just kidding. I don't really work here. Like, your fucking daughter is missing. Right. Like, you're a fucking psychopath because you think this is a joke. Like, out, I mean, honestly, outside of your daughter being missing, who the fuck takes it that far? Like, yeah, right. You can tell whatever story you want to tell, but when it's like, okay, let's go do this, wouldn't you be like, oh, okay, like, I'm. Because she just thought that she was like this grade A fucking liar and that she can get away with everything. Oh, my yeah. God. Like, I'm. Shit. I thought I got away with some stuff with my mom when I was a kid, but I. Once you get to that point, I would right. be like, oh, shit, mom. Right. <laughs> Like, I ain't got something to tell you. I've been fucking lying, and now I'm busted. Now I'm grounded. So they also go to these apartments, and uh, Casey's like, yeah, that's the apartments. This is where they're at. That's the the apartment, like, 206 or something. And what makes yeah. you think we're going to believe you now? Just Well, th- this was before the, the, the whole Universal thing. So they're like, okay. So they go. Nobody answers. They look through the windows. Completely empty. Yeah, completely empty. So they go to the front office, and they're like, hey, we have a, you know, a Zendaya uh, you know, Fernandez Gonzalez that lives here, you know, can you tell us anything? And they're like, we've never had anybody live in these apartments by that name. And that apartment you're talking about has been empty for months. Yeah, like nobody's even living in there. Yeah, for months. Like March was the last time that somebody lived there, and this yeah, is July. July. So that she's a liar, and it's proved that she's – this is the first of the things that she's lied about. So Casey's arrested and charged with child neglect – uh, making false official statements and conducting an investigation. And I actually have Casey's written statement that I'll read here. Um, so this was July 16th. This is Casey's written statement. She says, on Monday, June 9th, 2008, between 9 a.m. and 1 p.m., I, Casey Anthony, took my daughter, Kaylee Marie Anthony, to her nanny's apartment. Kaylee will be three years old on August 9th, 2008. 
She was born on August 9th, 2005. Kaylee is about three feet tall, white female with shoulder length brown hair. She has dark hazel eyes, green, brown green, and a small birthmark on her left shoulder. On the day of her disappearance, Kaylee was wearing a pink shirt with jean shorts, white sneakers, and her hair was pulled back in a ponytail. On Monday, June 9th, 2008, between 9 a.m. and 1 p.m., I took Kaylee to the Sawgrass Apartments, second page of the statement, located on Conway Road. Kaylee's Anthony, Zendaya Fernandez-Gonzalez, has watched her for the past year and a half uh, to two years. Zendaya is 25 years old and is from New York. She is roughly 5 feet 7 inches tall, 140 pounds. She has dark hair, dark brown curly hair, and brown eyes. Zendaya's birthday is in September. I met Zendaya through a mutual friend, Jeffrey Michael Hopkins, his son, Zachary Hopkins, for about six months to a year. I met Zendaya in 2004, around Christmas. On the date listed above, June 9, 2008, after dropping Kaylee off at Zendaya's apartment, I proceeded to head to my place of employment, Universal Studios Orlando. I have worked at Universal's for over four years, since June of 2004. I left work around 5 p.m. and went back to the apartments to pick up my daughter. However, after reaching the apartment, I realized that neither Zendaya, Kaylee, or either of her two roommates were home. I briefly met Raquel Farrell and Jennifer Rosa at various occasions. After calling Zendaya to see where she and Kaylee were and when they were coming home, waited outside the apartment. I called Zendaya earlier that morning prior to bringing Kaylee over for the afternoon. When I called her that when I called her that afternoon, her phone was no longer in service. Two hours passed, and around 7 p.m., I left the apartment and headed to familiar places that Zendaya would go with Kaylee. One of Kaylee's favorite places is Jay Blanchard Park. I spent the rest of that evening pacing and worrying at one of the few places I felt, quote, at home, my boyfriend Anthony Lazaro's apartment, for the past four weeks since Casey's disappearance. I stayed at Anthony's apartment in Sutton Place. I have spent every day since Monday, June 9, 2008, looking for my daughter. I have lied and stolen from my friends and family to do whatever I could by any means to find my daughter. I avoided calling the police or even notifying my own family out of fear. I have been and still am afraid of what has or may have happened to Kaylee. I have not had any contact with Zendaya since Thursday, June 12, 2008. I received a quick call from Zendaya. Not once have I been able to ask her where my for my daughter or gain any information to where I can find her. Every day I have gone to malls, parks, and any place I could remember Zendaya taking Kaylee. Out and try to find any information about Kaylee or Zendaya, whether going to popular bar or restaurant. I have contacted Jeff Hopkins on several occasions to see if he has heard from him, from or seen Zendaya. Jeff currently lives in Jacksonville, Florida. On Tuesday, July 15, 2008, around 12 p.m., I received a phone call from my daughter, Kaylee. Today was the first day I had heard her voice in over four weeks. I am afraid of what Kaylee is going through. After 31 days, I know that the only thing that matters is getting my daughter back. In all attempts to contact Zendaya, and within the one short conversation on June 12, 2008, I was never able to check the status or well-being of my daughter. Zendaya never made any attempt to explain why Kaylee is no longer in Orlando or if she is ever going to bring her home. Okay, so that was the written statement. I say it's about four pages, but it was like, like three and a half. So Emily and I looked at each other in yeah. the middle of that because she <laughs> says that 
she She's hasn't not. spoken to her since the 12th mm-hmm. of June. Uh, right. But you have... So, have you not seen her since the 6th of June, the 12th of June, or the 16th of June? Yeah. It should not be that hard to recollect what day you last fucking saw But she saw knows for kid. sure 31 days. That Yeah, but she's she a broken record when she says 31 days. days. See, and it's interesting, just, I know we haven't gone over the trial yet, but, like, those three dates are never discussed, really. Like, her being a liar is, but... Breaking it down in a time. To which day was truly the last time you saw your kid was never talked about. I mean, they they talk about it, but it's not not brought out, I guess, as an important fact in the way. It's not as pressing. Yeah, and I mean, again, we'll get into it, but, like, that's where the prosecution screwed up on a lot of different things was, like, not making a point that should have been made because if you had just pressed it more, stuck it in the jury's mind, things could have been different. But – it's just interesting to me, like, yeah, we're sitting here freaking podcasting and we're catching on to it, and it's like, yeah, like how did you not catch on to that uh, while it was actively happening? Yeah. And why are you not realizing how important that is? Yeah. Like, yeah, again, we like know she's any, a liar. Yeah, like yeah, if, I feel like in any case, it's like you need to figure mm-hmm. out, like, your if your story doesn't match up, you're immediately held on, yeah. you know. I don't fucking know the proper terminology, but you're 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 held because your information doesn't match up. So until you get the story straight, you shouldn't like. I just don't understand why that wasn't a, a, as a big of deal as it should have. been. It should have been repeated over and over and over again. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So that was her written statement, and it was all a fucking lie <laughs> because yeah. she, she says pretty much that she took Kaylee to the Sawgrass Apartments, dropped her off at Zanny's house. Zanny the nanny was the nickname that they 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 called her. Dropped her off at Zanny's house, and then she goes to pick her back up, and she's not there. And I also found it funny in the written statement. Of course, like I closed it, but I love how in her written statement she says between nine a.m. and one p.m. is when she dropped Kaylee off. That's quite a timeline. Is that is that not a huge fucking difference? Like, and I'm what? Why wouldn't you know? Because. Yeah. I mean, I get event planning. I'm thinking, let's let's say her story was real. Event planning, events happen at different times. So you don't have a nine-to-five job. You know, things happen different days. You might be coming in later, earlier, something that day. But if you know for a damn fact that's the last day you fucking saw your daughter, I would know. I would look back at my work schedule. And even if I couldn't remember. Okay, I'd be writing shit down, like trying yes. to track my mind. Be like, where was I at? When did I drop her off? Do I have a text message of, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm outside. Yeah. Did I make a phone call? Did I do this? I would be tracking my day to a fucking T yes. if that was the last day I knew I yes. saw my daughter alive and that I had nothing to do with it. 100%. Well, and it, this is a nanny, right? This isn't like a friend's house where, like, potentially it was like, oh, yeah, you can stay the night with your friend. I'll pick you up tomorrow. Yeah, this was a which babysitter. Leads in, right. So, I mean, maybe in some weird circumstance that would happen. I don't know. But yeah. if – I go to pick up my child at the given time that I was supposed to pick up my child or I don't get a call when I'm supposed to get a call regarding picking up my child or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be at that point freak out yeah like oh, yeah. there is no time you don't no and, and it just makes me laugh too because I'm just like it, it sounds so it, I mean the whole thing just sounds really bad but it, I mean just the simple fact of so you know to your point Maybe I'm supposed to get a text. Maybe I'm supposed to get a phone call around this time. Well, if I don't get it, shit happens. Maybe she's thrown a fit. She forgot. 
But if I roll up to your apartment or your home, wherever you're babysitting my kid, and the lights are off, all the shit's gone, and you're not there with my kid, I'm immediately calling 911. Absolutely. There's no, no hesitation in my mind. I'm not going to sit there and go, oh, shit, now I'm a fucking detective, and I'm going to go find this yeah. kid. That is not your responsibility. Your no. responsibility is to make sure that you fucking tell the appropriate parties mm -hmm. that your kid is missing. And I'm yes. sorry, um, Anybody who says, well, she was a young mom, she might not have known any different. Da, da, no. da. At 22 years old, I would have beat a bitch's ass if my kid was fucking missing. Yeah, so, right. no, I would have been worse than I am now because I wouldn't have been as logically thinking of like, oh, I need to first call the police. I would have lost my shit. Lost oh, it. Yeah, I would definitely. have been in that parking yeah. lot losing it. Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, Casey is arrested and charged with child neglect, making a false official statement, and um, obstructing an investigation. So on July 17th, officers searched uh, Casey's car and then Anthony home, and a cadaver dog alerts on the scent of human decomposition uh, by the trunk of Casey's car and by Kaylee's playhouse in the backyard. So the next day, they bring in a second cadaver dog and a new trainer, and the dog hits on the same two locations. Also that day is when Casey hires Jose Baez as her attorney. Dun, dun, dun. Fucking Jose Baez. <laughs> July 25th is the first time George and Cindy visit Casey in jail. And Cindy says, quote, Casey, we forgive you for anything you said or did. Casey replies, quote, I haven't said anything. Don't worry. Which this caused some controversy during the trial because it was like, wait, what? Well, hang on. What? Like who? Yeah, like what do you mean you what haven't you said mean? anything? Don't worry. Like, okay. So that caused some, some controversy during the trial. Spoiler alert. But so also during this visit is something – Another thing controversial that uh, Casey said. So Cindy asked Casey, are we going to be able to find her, do you think? Meaning, are we going to be able to find Kaylee? And Casey replies that she hopes so. She says, quote, she's not far. I know in my heart she's not far. I can feel it. Which is very. She's not far because you know where the fuck she's at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and then also, I mean, we can obviously throw her written statement out. But when I was reading this out loud, I was like, wait a second. Uh, she says, explain why Kaylee is no longer in Orlando. That's what she, I, I, and I know her written statement was a bunch of shit. Like, we can throw it out. But the fact that, you know, you say she's not in Orlando. But, but then, then all of a sudden she's close to she's home. She's close I can to feel home. It. I can feel it. Yeah. She contradicts herself so much that it's, it's just a fucking joke. Anything that she said. I mean, you can't. No. And she was an event planner. Yeah, bitch can't plan a lie. What do you mean? <laughs> See, they always say, I'm a terrible fucking liar, but they say, you can always tell a bad liar when they give too many details. Yes. And, like, reading her written statement, she was like, yeah, and, like, Making all this. all these fucking I'm people. Like, yeah. And, I'm like, and how like are you going to keep. backstories like, to <laughs> their lives. Like, who? Born in September. Like, yeah, I, it blows my mind the amount of details that she was that so she, willing she to concocted. share and come up with. Yes. So August 11th, 12th, and 13th, a meter reader uh, by the name of Roy Cronk reports a suspicious bag and what looks like a human skull to police. But none of these reports are taken seriously. I'm not going to go into what really happened, but just know right. that they did not find the body. They did not find the remains at this time. August 14th, George and Cindy visit Casey in jail. Cindy makes a comment saying something along the lines of, like, you know, people are saying Kaylee is dead. And Casey says, quote, I'm going to say exactly how she said it. Quote, surprise, surprise. End quote. This bitch. 
bitch. That's exactly how she's – and she rolled her eyes. She was like, surprise, surprise. Like, yeah, like, what I, What does that mean? Like, I, I'm just ah, – ah, that's all I can say. Yeah. So, August 21st, Casey's released on bond and put on house arrest, which I'm like – I watched a lot of documentaries about this, and – but I kind of feel bad for George and Cindy because the people that are, like, attacking their home and, like, I'm, like. Is this when Cindy comes out with, like, a hammer? Yeah. And I'm, like, <laughs> yeah. And, like, George is, like, get off my property. And, like, they're, like, you're harboring, like, you know, a child murderer. And, like, I, I get why people are upset. But, like, George and Cindy are still trying to find their granddaughter. At this time point in time, they don't know that she's dead. And then you got all these people in your front yes, lawn coming like, for your daughter's blood. And like, it's like, they don't know. Casey has not gone to trial at this point. She she hasn't even been charged with, you know, Kaylee's murder or anything at this point. You don't know. You don't know. We don't know anything, How, you know, much more than we know now. Right. And I'm just surprised, too, that they, with it being such a high-profile thing, and and I know that um, we've talked about this too, just outside of the podcast. But Florida had that sunshine, sunshine law, law mm-hmm. where you could have a, a press conference or meeting with Casey and, and Cindy and George, and then not even less than twenty four hours later, all of that information mm-hmm. is being released. So everyone knows all the same information at the same time, and then you release her thinking that that's not going to be a problem to send her to her own home. People are are out there with literal fucking flame and pitchforks coming after her, and you thought that that was a good idea? Keep her shit locked up until you figure out what the fuck's going on. Well, and I I agree. Like, it is sad. They should have had, you know, police protection or put her in a hotel room or something along those lines. I was like, this, it's stupid. It is. I I actually met... um, he was a waiter at the restaurant I was at one night and come to find out he how this came up I don't know he actually lived on their street during all of this oh wow oh, shit. yeah and he actually left Florida didn't yeah. didn't just move away into like another area like left, completely left the completely state. left the state and I believe if I remember right came here um because of all of that yeah because of the shit show that was happening on his street he said like Literally, you could not go outside. You could not open your blinds. You could not do anything. You could not live a normal life. Because yeah, because they still wanted the neighbors' opinions on it. Yeah. I'm sure they were like, like oh, did, hey, you did you ever see? see? Did you yeah. see anything? Blah, blah, blah. And then, like, he was also telling me, like, ultimately, we'll talk about where her body's found, but, like, how close that was. Yeah. And then, like, what happens after that's the spot. And yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I, I just felt bad. It made me realize, like, how many people that actually affects in a way that you didn't. Yeah, that you don't ever think about. You don't think about. Well, that. and it still probably affects them to this day. I mean, it, like, like we're gonna talk about. Kaylee's body was found four minutes, like walking minutes from the Anthony home, like a quarter of a mile away. Like you turn yeah. out of the housing addition, and like I think you turn right or left or whatever, right around the corner in this wooded yeah. area is where Kaylee's body's found. So, if, I mean, I've watched documentaries of they have like you know a cross and everything, and people go to visit where Kaylee's body was found. That area is never going to be the same again. No. I mean, and I also watched another documentary a, a while ago of George saying, you know, I, d- I don't like this here. This is not where I want to picture Kaylee. But this is where we, unfortunately, like that's where we, if people wanted to go there, people like us who didn't know Kaylee, but it, 
it touched us in a way yeah her case that's where we would go well, is where her remind her remains were found and right. unfortunately we had a case not too long ago um of that little girl whose dad and stepmom ultimately yeah. which has not gotten a trial so we don't mm-hmm. know everything but they they murdered her and, and they found yeah and she's buried in, under that uh this is a kansas city case but yeah they uh found her what under some dirt on a trail yes like a walking and trail. like a little i'm gonna call it a park but i don't know that you could really call that a yeah. park but either way it's the same concept yeah. there is now a little memorial there for that little yeah. girl and i mean it's unfortunate but it's it's, it's how the we... last place that you were there right. there's yeah. some sort of tie for people outside of family and friends to pay their respects yeah pay their respects or mourn the loss of somebody in the community but it's just it's a weird thought or even when you're driving down the highway and if there was an accident you see all the the bows and the stuffed animals and pictures and all that kind of stuff and it's like this is this scene that you could just be casually driving by is where someone's life was fucking changed Mm -hmm. and the gravity of that is kind of lost on people sometimes Mm -hmm. but you know when you interview somebody who's directly affected by it, it's kind of like, this shit's weird that yeah. it's here. Yeah. August 27th, investigators begin searching the car. And I'm going to break down, like, what they find and then how the state does to process everything. So they find a stain in the car, a hair that's the same color and length as Kaylee's, and they know the smell that's coming from Casey's car. Stain on the trunk liner. Uh, when testing the stain, they find butyric acid, which can be found during he- human decomposition. And they conclude that the stain was human decomposition fluid. And this is the state, by the way. So then the hair, on the hair that they find in the trunk of the car, they do a mitochondrial DNA test, which this is a DNA test that narrows down, narrows the DNA just down to the the maternal side, meaning that the hair can either belong to someone on Cindy's side of the family. So this is Cindy's mom, Cindy Lee, which is Casey's brother, uh, Casey or Kaylee. So then when they factor in the length of the hair, they take Leah the equation because it doesn't match those length of hair and whether it's processed or not. Well, Cindy's mom, Cindy and uh, Casey have all had their hair processed. So that's when they conclude that the hair belonged to Kaylee. Also, the hair has what's known as postmortem root banding or death banding, meaning it's a darker band near the root. And it's believed that this banding happens when the hair is still attached to the head when the body starts decomposing. Then the hair sample. So in 2008, when they did this, this is this was a new science. And I was like, how the hell do they do this? So I kind of researched a little bit. So um, I kind of put it in layman's terms as best I could. So the, the um, air sample is taken into a stainless steel tube, which is full of three types of active carbon. The tube is placed near the carpet sample, in this case, and air is pumped into the tube and the container is sealed. Then the tube is heated up to concentrate the sample, and then that sample is injected into a spectrometer to measure the chemical compounds in the sample. Science. Science, dog. (laughs) Um, And then in the sample, they found an abundance of chloroform and signs of human decomposition. So there's really no question. In the state's eyes. Yeah, in the state's eyes that she was in there. That she was in there. Um, So October 14th, Casey is charged with first-degree murder, Aggravated child abuse, aggravated manslaughter of a child, four counts of providing false information to law enforcement, and she pled not guilty to all charges. Then on October 21st, the charges of child neglect are dropped because it's under the assumption that Kaylee is deceased. Then um, December 5th, the state initially says they will not seek the death penalty against Casey Anthony. 
December 11th, finally four months after three tips, Roy Kronk makes another call reporting the skeleton remains. Uh, This time the tip's taken seriously and the area is searched, finding the remains of what appears to be a small child. And this area where the remains are found is prone to flooding and it's a really swampy area during the, the rainy months in Florida. And unfortunately, animals did scatter the remains, so they had to do some excavating and pretty much piece and take everything a part of of this crime scene. Um, But this is what they found. So they found a skull that had duct tape wrapped around it, um, and this kept the jawbone intact. So when a body decomposes, the jawbone detaches from the skull because there's no – it's just, you know, cartilage and whatever that's holding it to the hinge. Uh, But it was kept intact because of the duct tape. Then a white laundry bag, a black trash bag, a Winnie the Pooh blanket, and toddler shirt and shorts. And then I'll tell you a little bit how that's all related to the Anthony home. Then October 19th, six months um, since her grandparents last saw her, police announced that through DNA testing they've confirmed the remains belong to Kaylee Anthony. Once they search the Anthony home, they find a piece of tape on one of the gas cans that Casey took back in July. Remember how I said she, she stole them from the shed her and her boyfriend? Um, this tape matched the tape at the crime scene, and George testified that Casey lost the cap when she had it, so he uh, put a piece of tape over the, um, the the gas can to cover the hole. And then the laundry bag that was at the crime scene, it sold in a set, and the partner of that trash bag or that laundry bag was found in the Anthony home. The Winnie the Pooh blanket matched Kaylee's bedroom outfit. And then the shirt at the crime scene matched the shirt Kaylee was wearing in a picture that they found. And then just to jump ahead, on April 14, 2009, the state of Florida reverses itself and they decide that they will seek the death penalty in this case. And on May 11, 2010, Judge Perry, who's the judge residing, um, says that they, they will allow the state to seek the death penalty. And that is it for my part. We pretty much have brought it up to the trial. And as we're recording this, we're like, uh, this is a lot more (laughs) than we thought it would be. So we're actually going to split this into two parts. Uh, So I've covered the timeline, some of the evidence here and there. Um, Our next part, Kristen's going to discuss the trial. And then we're going to have a discussion, some discussion points that I'm really excited to get into. And we'll release that probably... A week or so. After. Yeah, shortly after part one's released. After that. We'll release so part two. thank you so much, guys, for listening. We really appreciate it. And stay yeah. tuned for part two. Yeah. See ya.